0: Yeah, and I'll tag you in at some stages as yeah. well. Just in this. Because that's what it is. It's not it's, it's about me, and I know all the stuff that has to do with money and generosity. I don't. I'm not an expert on it. I'm exploring this. That's why I opened up last week. That's why I shared our story on this. Yeah. And, but what you need to know is, <clears throat> I'm not the Jedi around money or generosity. Okay? I don't know it all, but I'm learning. and I just want to share with you what I'm learning. Well, I'd encourage you to remember this: what we talk about here last week, and we'll do a little recap of that in a moment. What we talked about last week, what we begin to delve in today, is not everything that you need to know about generosity. What we're here to do is to begin conversations. That's what discipleship is: this journey of growing with Jesus it means that we get to do life together, we get to journey together, and that means not just the things that are nice to hear and the things that tickle our ears and make us feel good. It's the hard issues that hit right into our hearts. But as family, we get to journey that together. And so that's my heart. I would encourage you this week, if you have the opportunity to get online, to go and listen to my old pastor, Alan Scott. He's just on a series uh, in Vineyard Anaheim on being spiritually healthy and generous, being part of that generosity. Go and listen to him. He has much more wisdom on this than I have. But I want to thank you because we're going to delve back into this just a little bit. We're going to look. I'll explain a little bit more about the little sheets that's on your, your seat as you come in this morning. But let's recap from last week. It wasn't easy to hear at times. Probably wasn't easy to talk about. Can I tell you, it wasn't easy for me. Like I, I'm only here a few weeks. I want you people to like me. <laughs> So to open up and be vulnerable about our story of generosity, where God has broken us, where He's convicted us, where He's had me cry at nights, wonder am I doing the right thing for my family or not? To open up and to talk about that is not easy. So I thank you for the grace to be able to open up around that. Because last week we shared a little bit of our story in that and how for us that began with this journey and the tithe and this giving back to God what is his. That for us was the turning point. And that's all we were trying to share last week. That's a turning point for us. We believe that whenever God gives, it's only good to give back this idea of paying Caesar, what Caesar's pay God what is God's. We looked at the old testament and the New Testament principles around that. And actually we've shifted from having to obey, and you need to get this, okay? from having to obey in the old testament you don't have to obey that anymore god gives us this and enables us to be able to step into this journey with him to be able to step into what he has for this region and we're going to talk a little bit about that so we're enabled there's complete freedom in that don't don't feel restricted the aim at the end of that was not to get everyone to be 10% givers, okay? I talked to you about our journey on that. The aim for us was to see this journey of generosity begin for all of us to go deeper into in our hearts. This idea of 2 Corinthians 9, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerless giver. You work it out with God. You don't do what I tell you that you have to do. Okay? So I just want to reiterate that. it's not about. I'm not the Jedi. I'm not telling you what you need to do. You. But what I want to invite you into is that deepening of relationship with the Father. That as you work out with Him, how can I be more generous? How can I surrender more of my heart? Is that my finances? Is that something else? And so I won't apologize for speaking about money. I'm not going to apologize for talking about it because it was important to Jesus. He spoke about money more than he did about prayer, more than he did about faith, more than he did about love. So if it was important to Jesus, it's important to me. Money is important. Why? Because it's the sign of a surrendered heart. It's also important, we're part of the vineyard movement. John Wimber, who began the vineyard movement, he used to, you know his little saying around faith, is spelled R-I-S-K, it's risk. But he also had another one, That discipleship is spelled M-O-N-E-Y you will know where you're at on your journey of discipleship, your journey with God by what you put your money into so the more that you become in line with Jesus, the more you give your heart, the more you surrender your heart the more you will want to give, not just finances give your time, give your energy give your ideas, give your creativity over to him you surrender our hearts what I will apologize for Is if you left here with a feeling of conviction, or shame, or guilt, or manipulation, because you know my heart, that's not that, my heart is not for you to have left with that. What gave me some encouragement around that this week was actually this, that every time Jesus, if you go in and you look at all the times that he spoke about money, there were four different reactions, okay? And that was nothing to do with Jesus, that's just us firstly there were people who were deeply insulted it just hit to the core secondly there were people who were mildly irritated thirdly there were people who were intrigued and curious and wanted to find out more and then there were people who were irreversibly changed and that's when Jesus talks about money Now, I am nowhere near Jesus i talking about money <laughs> so that means all those options you're probably somewhere on that and if it is on the deeply insulted or mildly irritated, please know, that was not my heart. If it has been that you've been intrigued and curious and you want to find Jesus more, not about opening your wallet more, you want to find more of Jesus, that your life was irreversibly changed to surrender more to him, then that's my heart. Because I want all of us, that includes myself, every time we leave here to love Jesus a little bit more or to be curious about loving him a little bit more. And if you're here for the first time this morning and you don't know Jesus, you're not walking in relationship with him, know that our hearts here is that you love Jesus. Because he is the best. He's the most loving. He's the most caring. And right now he's not forcing you in to give. He just wants your heart. It says he stands at the door and knocks. So I love Jesus for that. The second thing in that is as we journey through this, it's not all about give us your money because for too long I believe the church has been about that. How do I know this? Because I've journeyed life a little bit. I've been on mission. I've been in Romania where people are in intense poverty. Like they literally don't know whether, never mind their next pill, are they going to survive to another day because they're living inside a dump. And yet there are churches there that are lit, big, shiny buildings taken from the most poor people and keeping it for themselves. And I'm not okay with that. Because that's filtering into our Western society when a guy at work from B&Q talks to me and says, you see this whole church thing you're into? Like, they just take money all the time, don't they? You're all about power and money. And I'm like, I do not want people to think like that about the church. So it's up to us. To change that. And so our hearts in this is, don't give us, give us, give us. It's like, let's learn to give away. And that's as a church, let's give away, let's change that. And God doesn't need our money. He's not dependent on us as well. I want to reiterate that. He doesn't need our money. We talked about that last week. Let me tell you something, Carlisle Vineyard does not need your money. It's not like we're in debts, we're over our heads or anything like that. I've been looking through the books, you can come, if your heart is expansive and you want to look for the right reason, you're more than welcome to come and see where the books are. This is clearly, for us, a thing that Jesus has spoken on. That's why we haven't really taken a break out of Ephesians. What we're doing is we're going deeper into this Ephesians story. Because in Ephesians it says that we're to live lives worthy of the calling. We're to live lives worthy of the calling. Remember Rhoda looked at that? Part of that, the translations is to be more mature, to grow in our faith. And so as we mature and we grow, we want to be transparent. We want to be open. We want to have conversations. Let me tell you how I see today with these little booklets being, okay? It's not to force you into money. It's like, what, my granda, at this time of year, we used to, in the farm, it was harvest. What he would do was, I got to a certain age, and he's like, listen, boy, it's time for you to understand. It's time to grow up. So I want to show you this is what we brought in this year on the farm. This is what we're going to give back. This is how God, there was always this celebration of what God had given. But also, he's like, so there's a responsibility now in you as being part of this farm. What is this going to cost us as we begin to move forward? And so that's what this is about today. We want to be transparent. We want to be open. We want to celebrate what God is doing. But we also want to bring you in on this journey of what God wants to do. Because there's so much more. And we'll talk about that afterwards. And just a little disclaimer, as we move further into Ephesians in the next few weeks, the conversations aren't going to get any easier. Because it's dealing with heart issues. So the next time we're here, the the second next time we're here, we'll be talking about forgiveness and unity. If money gets you, what about forgiveness and unity? So we're, we're still in the series, we're just really deeply getting into this. It's a suri- sign of surrender. Money it is a sign of surrender. It's not the only one. Okay, Let me get that. It's not the only sign of surrender. And for most of us, it's the one we find hardest. But it doesn't mean that all of us find that hardest. Okay? I wouldn't have picked this as my first topic. I just put that out there. I wouldn't have. But I want you to know that that's the reason why we're doing this. It's not... A nice thing to do. We could have picked all these other subjects. But we want to do this because we believe God has spoken clearly on inviting us. Not not to give more. He's inviting us in on this wonderful journey with him. As he releases more of his heart. More of his kingdom over not just Carlisle. Because you know that God has loads of favorite cities. He loves Carlisle. He has loads of favorite towns and villages around here as well. What he's doing is not just for here. God wants to see breakthrough in Wigton. God wants to see breakthrough in Maryport. God wants to see breakthrough in Whitefield. And he wants to see breakthrough in Longtown. He wants to see people surrender their lives to him. And we get to play a part in that. So that's what we're inviting you into so I want Andy, just his heart around this, this storehouse thing as well, just to give you the final reason why we're talking
1: about well, this. One of the oldest buildings in Carlisle is the Tithe Barn. If you haven't been, it's an incredible building. Um, one side you've got this ancient wall, which looks as old as a castle kind of thing. And then when you're in the building, it doesn't take much to imagine because you've got big glasses, uh, big glass parts on the other side of it. And it doesn't take much to imagine people bringing in the best, bringing in the harvest, and loading this place up. And then people coming and serving, and being served, and the city being blessed. And in many ways, that idea of a Thai band, like the um, a storehouse, that's what we want to see. We just want to see this more and more. I remember that story uh, I shared last week about the picture, where I see these huge heaven's resources over our city. And then at the bottom of each of these silos, these huge tanks, there's this big, long, long, long pipe. And then this pipe kind of goes through my heart and ends with my hand. And I don't quite get this, family, but I know when I open my hand, open my heart, and give a little, somehow God takes that, does a miracle bit, and releases more from that. We have seen that time and time and time again with people. So this is not, like Ricky said, this is not a heavy Sunday, even though it feels a bit heavy today. But I think part of that is displacing kings. Like hearts, my heart has been challenged. And when Ricky reads out these four options, I'm like, yep, in the last 10 minutes, all those things are kind of going on in my heart. So what does it mean to give to Carl Vineyard? Well, part of that is we've always, always, and we're not shifting from this, we've never thought at all for one moment that you change a city by a crowd. What we've always wanted to do is see a community of people who know what it is to be generous. And you have done some incredible, outrageous acts of generosity. I hear what you get up to behind Closed doors. I hear about you taking food to people who have nothing. Not because you're on a rotor, but because you've listened to the Spirit of God. I've heard about people just having cash turn up when it has to. I've heard about people taking other people out on holiday because you knew they needed a break. So this community of generosity, I just want to honor you for a moment and say you are doing so well. I'm so proud of you. When I hear what other people talk about in Carlisle Vineyard from around the city, they often talk about generosity. In Carlisle Living magazine, they invited us to speak about what word is sums up, Carlisle for us. And on the next cover of Carlisle Living, you'll see the word generosity because we call out that Carlisle is to be the most generous city in this city sorry, generous city on the planet. Because ultimately, Carlisle's a blessing uh, to the nations. Now, I'm not sure about this. This could go really wrong, but um, Stephen Tab, could you just come and stand here for one moment? And it's Claire downstairs. So, Phil, could you just come and stand here for one moment? Is that okay, just for one moment? I'm not going to ask you to do anything, just to stand. But if you just stand... um, Actually, let's stand on, on here... Um, I'm not going to ask you to do anything, but you know that dance, that routine we're working on? <laughs> How to lose free good friends. Um, so I, that's why I'm a little bit nervous. I maybe should have said something to him before, but sometimes just hearing the rawness is the best. Um, what does it mean to be a church who gives? Well, you know what? I want us as a church... To stand with Phil and Claire Salmon as they stand with people in this city. Phil and Claire, um, obviously Claire's not here. Would, Would you share, Phil, I know this is like an all risky and raw, but we want your heart. Can you tell us in a moment what you sense that God, or who, like, that you believe that God is inviting you to stand with or journey with? Is that clear enough? I'll try.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, we just have a real passion for mental health and well-being, um, suicide prevention in this city. There's too much. There's too much in this city. Too many stories of people not coping. Too many stories of people choosing to end it. And we can change that. We can make a difference in this city and beyond just reaching out, spending time with people, talking with people. It's not we don't have to be psychiatrists and counsellors to to change these things. It's people just need people. And if we can get alongside people beside us. We can change the city, really.
1: Um, thanks, Phil. Um, Steve, Tab, we... Um, one stage in the life of Carlisle Vineyard, we had a little notice um, in, the, in the office wall. And it said, Carlisle Vineyard is a rubbish place for teenagers. And people would sometimes come in and read it. and I'm like, why have you got that? And I'm like, because it's true. Right now it's true. And we were praying... God, would you bring someone along that will just have a heart for you, Jesus, and a heart for our young people and a heart for the young people in this region? We have been absolutely blown away by Steve and Tab. Their heart for Jesus, their heart for the young people within Carlisle Vineyard, but more so outside of Carlisle Vineyard. See, we know a little bit, um, so it seems that we know a little bit of your heart for stuff, can you tell us a little bit about where you spend most of your time at the moment, Steve? Uh, so at the moment, we're building a, an indoor skate park, uh, which is,
2: you could probably throw a stone if you're really good at throwing, and it would, it would get there. It's, um, it's on Nelson Street, so the Atlas works. Uh, it's a really small little space, about half the size of what we have here, uh, with low ceilings. So if you were to pick a space, <laughs> you wouldn't pick that. But it's worked out amazing, Uh, we got given a load of ramps, and yeah, so we've been building this place, and we're really close to finishing, hopefully, hopefully, Friday, we might have an open day, which would be exciting, Uh, but if not, it would be the week after, so we're going to be painting it this week and getting it finished, so, yeah, which is really exciting. Um, Yeah, spent a bit of time there, haven't we? How
1: many hours this week, It was like 40-something, wasn't it? 44. 44 hours at the skate park. It's not like you have another job as well. Yeah. And a family. Yeah. (laughs) But but here's the thing, family. What does it look like to give? I want to give. And I want to stand with Phil and Claire as they stand with people in this city. I want to give. And I want to stand beside and behind Steve and Tab as they stand in this city. And... um, I mean, Tab, you you had a dream about a community, sorry, this skate park and a counseling type place connected to it. And I don't know if you want to say anything or do you want me to just keep talking? Well, no, no, you, Tab, you tell us, Tab. Um, it was more just a, a vision of, yeah, a skate park, but just a place of safety where the kids could come and talk as well. Um, a lot of the times, you know, they just need someone to come alongside and to chat with about pressures of life and what's going on um, so a skate park, not just a place to play, but a place that they'll feel safe um, and able to go to yeah. so if that was probably not the best way to do things what I'm going to say now is definitely not the best way to do stuff, I don't think it's I, I want to get behind these guys financially, and I think God is stirring your heart as well I think these people, I heard this story once, that God spoke to this lady, and she said, I want you to start saving your money every month, because it's going to be a work amongst the children in this city that I want you to give to. And so she did it, I think she did it for 14 years, and she kept saving this money, saving this money, saving this money, not sure why. And then one day at church, they mentioned, um, we're thinking and dreaming about appointing a children's worker. To help our children in this, in this church and in this city. And we're inviting you to give. She turned up and I was something like she gave £35,000. I'm like, what? What? So this whole thing of this, if all we do as a church in the next 20 years is to help Phil and Claire pursue the dreams, and all we do as a church is help Steve and Tab lead the way in regards to standing with our young people, Right now, the skaters, the riders in the city, the outdoor skate park, where you're going to connect with drugs, where you're going to connect with all that, that's where you go. So if we are serious about being for this city, then this is where we get serious about stuff as well. So we just want to honor you, Phil and Claire, for pioneering this. You're not alone in this. We are standing with you in this. Stephen Tab. We're not alone in this. We honour you, and we're going to pursue, help pursue all that the Father's dreams have put into you, as well. Okay, Ricky. Guys, thank you so much. Is that all I? say?
0: So, so I hope that that shares a little bit more of. So I've talked about why we're not, what we're not trying to do, and this is what we are. We're not just trying to clear out your pockets to make Carlisle Vineyard a bigger and better church and we'll touch on that. It's not about that. It's because there are people who are in need. People who can't face tomorrow. And by us surrendering a little bit of ourselves, a little bit of our resources, we get to bring life and hope. Not because of us, because Jesus wants to meet them. He wants to meet with those people and as we surrender our hearts our hearts become aligned with his so that we want to stand alongside people like Phil and Laura or Phil and Claire sorry Phil and Claire sorry i seen you there and Tab and Steve and many more like there are so many more dreams and hearts and visions to see breakthrough That God wants us to get alongside. And so I want to be able to celebrate where we've been already. That's what this little, um, if you want to look at your little booklets, that's what this is about. It's about celebrating and honouring. That's where we begin with. Celebrating and honouring your generosity to this point. You're generous people. We want to also be transparent, just like my granddad. So it's like we're sitting around. I want you to think we're sitting around my grandest table and we're being transparent. We're celebrating, but we're also saying this is what God wants us to begin to move into. More of this. And so, like Rhoda did this fantastic job with us, this. little financial times for us. It's absolutely brilliant. I want to honor her for that. I just love that this city named Most Generous is something that's not just on this, but as Andy said, that's becoming reality. The generosity is the title that is going to be spoken over this city, over this area. Generosity. And so that's what our hearts is. We want to imagine a city where no one was in need. So it's going back to that Acts 2, where no one was in need. And do you remember? They didn't just sit around and call prayer meetings. They actually got part of that and they gave what they could To see that no one was in need. An army of generous givers. But also, and that's why I always want you to keep your minds, that God is also for the afar. So you see at the end of that first paragraph, when it says, um, as well as giving towards our neighbors in faraway countries. And you'll see in that there's parts like the E3 initiative, there's parts of concern um, in China, international concern. There's all these areas where we want to continue to give because we know that God is not just the God of Carlisle; He loves it. He's also the God of all the nations. And so we get to play a part in that because you know the richest 10% in the world have 90% of the world's resources. If things were evenly distributed there would be no poverty. So that's what we want to do. We want to model what it is to begin to give. To begin to release over not just here But in our areas of the world, we have a part to play in that. And so from January, Andy had mentioned this. One of the things that we want to do to help us in this, if it's of any help to you, we want to try and run this, this money course. It's just about how to manage your money that little bit more, not so you give more to this, but so that the pressure to be generous, we hope, is taken off. In a way where it's like, I, I can't afford to give. We want to release people into generosity so that if their hearts want to surrender whatever they can to the Father, we want to be able to enable that. That's what we're here for. We don't have to get ourselves into financial difficulty to be generous. But we do need to prioritize generosity as part of the, nat- the natural rhythm of our comings and goings each month. And so we want to help to enable that. It's to release people. And you've got to remember something. This place here, this hub, because that's what it is. It's a hub, okay? It's Jesus' building to train, equip, envision, and send people into the city to fulfill their heart's desires, what God is putting in their heart for that. And so that's why there's a little paragraph there about what we want to see as we come into the coming years as a church family, moving the sights moving into dreams and visions outside the surrounding areas of carlisle beginning to move into that why what well, i want to share with you i didn't know how to explain this to you but this morning i went for a walk and i saw dixon's chimney does does it work anymore is it in function oh, thanks jesus it's good see it doesn't function anymore it's this beautiful big chimney that stands what As a monument to something that once was thriving and alive. Something that was thriving and alive, and now what do we have? Yeah, it's a nice big chimney, but it's a load of bricks standing as a monument to life. And you know that Jesus called us not just to plant churches, He called us to sustain and to nurture a movement, not a monument. He called us into a movement that didn't begin with John Wimber, okay? It began back at at the cross. Whenever people, when they realized that Jesus brought freedom, brought relationship back to the Father. And right away people began to try to cover that up. And so the soldiers gave money to people to, or the officials give money to the soldiers to try and cover up the story and out of that became this movement of people who want to talk about jesus who want to see jesus come into lives and bring freedom and that's part of what the movement we are we're not all about just planting churches we're here to see a movement a god movement right throughout this area but what that's going to cost us is time energy finances our hearts as we give up our ambitions, our hopes, and our dreams for his ambitions, his hopes, and his dreams. He cries over this area. His heart breaks over this area. And he's inviting us into that same thing. that we would, Our hearts would break for that. And so, uh, part of being able to see that released is we need to be stewarding our finances properly here. We need to have transparency. I want to tell you something, as I have looked through everything this last few weeks, you can trust the leadership team here, I guarantee you that. That's why this is here, to be open and transparent and show you that as you give, it's not just to fill their pockets, it's not just to make this place better, but it's a dream for a vision to see this, this area come to life, come to know Jesus. And so to do that, we've, we have on the second page there a little breakdown of the, the income and the outcome. And, you know, like this idea of these figures, sometimes you can get lost in the figures. So what I want to try and do is just give you the heart behind this. Remember, whenever you see the income and the outcome that then add into that this year, all the expenditure around the new build and all that sort of stuff, that gives you probably a more um, idea of where we're at financially. Andy will maybe talk about that at some stage. We'll try to get a release of those figures to you when we get everything totally transparent, that we can be completely honest. But Mike Doyle brought accountability to here. He brought in the system that accountability and transparency could be here. So we want to honour him for that. We're thankful for that. And all those slots that you see there, regular given, that's the monthly given. Then you see the joy bags. That's whenever we gather here and we get to release into those little bags, joy over a city. The gift aid, that's there, remember that that gift aid that's claimed back, that doesn't cost us anything. It doesn't cost you anything. It's you know, because Mr. Hammond, the Chancellor, generously gives back twenty-five pence in every pound that you give if you choose to donate your gift aid. Then there's one off gifts and there's other gifts. That's things like rent and, and rebates and things that we're able to get back. That restricted gifts to let you know, just to be open and transparent around that, that's gifts that are given specifically into those initiatives like E3 that's for give a day that's things like the new build where it was specifically set aside for those things so that's the restricted gifts on that and then below that is the outcomes I want to say something when you look around the salaries what you can see is oh, isn't that a big amount firstly it's around about a third of the overall expenditure secondly I want to say something to you I have watched in the first few weeks of being here the heart behind those people who are working here and let me tell you something, they give a lot more than what they are contracted or employed to do that could be a lot higher, but the generosity of them to give time for nothing I think it's good to honour, it's always good to honour back in that this idea of city giving and the community the Carlisle Vineyard community, the city giving that's a give a day, that's the encouragement shed, all these things that give back to the city and also, the CV community, that's Carlisle Vineyard community, that's the, the events, that everything that we run here. So what we'd love to see in that is, a, is an increase in those as we begin to give back more here and more into the city. Property, office costs, training and equipment, legal publicity, you can't really do anything around those. That's about 10.5%. And then you see VCUK, and that's vineyard churches UK and Ireland that's part of our agreement of being a vineyard church is that we give back to the vineyard to actually sustain the movement the church plant the movement to release people to release more people into the dreams that we hear we talked about here and also enables for equipping and training and envisioning for our leaders here so I think it's worth the 5% for what we get back on that. And in the new build stuff, I'll let Andy, if he wants to, he can chat to you about that. But what I want you to see is a lot of those expenditures, especially the new build, especially at, these are not bills in my eyes, these are investments. And that's not just something that's nice to say. We're investing for the future. We're investing for Jesus to come into these areas so I want you to be able to look at that for an example, 459 pounds spent on the youth that is nothing I had a guy one time at a youth um, conference, he said if I had a hole in the roof and I could choose to spend money on that or I put it into our next generation I would always choose the next generation because we can get a bucket (laughs) (laughs) our hearts are in the right place let's keep going on that to finish it off I think we've said enough on this. You can chat to us at any time about this. But it says this, and I want you to remind us on the last page, five years, it's five years into the journey as a family going together. As we left 2017, we were no longer a young church plant, but entering a new season of becoming a church plant that would multiply and produce more church plants and sites like we want to refer to them as. This is this idea of growing up, releasing, seeing the family grow sending people out to do what's on their hearts that's part of our responsibility to you and part of that is showing you if you have any questions at any time of how things are being you get to have those around the new build and to invite you